What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Good morning, it's Thursday. Good morning, it's Thursday. February. Yeah, it's, yes- it's yesterday. It is yesterday for all of you, all millions of you. Time travelers out there. All hundreds of thousands of our gorgeous patrons. Um, yes, thank you to all the new patrons. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoying our additional content we out there. have incredible content on the Patreon. And I listened to your lovely interview with Peter. Well, that's going to be here. We'll put this that on here oh. <laughs> uh, at some point. Later on in this episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so Peter Smith coming at you in a in just a moment. Um, uh, I talked to Peter a few days ago. Um, was Peter at the house? No, Peter wasn't at the house. But Peter, Peter, um, is doing a show at Arcastratus. But they had reached out some time ago and was like, "When when am I going to be on the podcast?" And I didn't realize that until I looked. They've this already up. been on the podcast. Well, I knew that Peter was on the podcast i but i what i didn't realize is that you have also not interviewed peter smith it's true because episode 57 of this podcast um is an interview between jack and peter smith while they were rehearsing i think this was early rehearsals for peter pan right and i i'm always excluded from the interviews with peter (laughs) that's what i realized how rude so I don't know what's going on there. But. I wasn't even told. <laughs> I wasn't told to show up for a recording. No. Time. So then I was just like, "Oh, do you want to? Do you want to talk about your show at Arcastratus?" And then we just jumped on the phone, and there it was. Boy, that was a telephone <clears throat> interview. Oh, you didn't even think it was a telephone. I love that. I somehow imagined you were in the same room. I love that. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Beautiful. Built a real, real feeling of togetherness. You did. Wow, I'm engrossed. <laughs> Love that. Hi, Jeremy. Um, hi. How's it? How's tech going? Is it's um it's actually okay. I think I. Are you still there? I'm still here. Oh, okay. Yes. I would love for it to be. You know more together like it'd be great if like all the pieces of the puzzle would just like kind of magically come together Mm -hmm. at every Mm -hmm. juncture but that's just not patience it's not the reality and we still have another week of just tech in the dark Mm -hmm. before previews begin on march 2nd which you know it'd be great if we had two more weeks of tech although that also sounds there's, you know, that sounds hellish and also useful. Right. It's good um, that things stop and you'll have previews and that's what they're there for. And, yeah, things, and then you'll have opening and then things, you know, I don't know. Things, I don't know how much things can change after that. But they can't change after the opening. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. So. Well, there you go. But they'll change during previews a little. and But so far, so good. It's like, you know, there's all these little things and each little problem has to go through like a whole system of this kind of like theater hierarchy so it just right, ends up right. being like sign off i can't just like grab a pair of shoes and go fix the color of it you know mm-hmm. like i mm-hmm. i can't do that and i right. also can't like 
yank a headpiece off someone and be like, well, let's try this one. I mean, I sort of can do that. <clears throat> but yeah, there's just like, everything takes time because it has to like go through the proper channels and mm-hmm. it costs money and blah, blah, blah. Right. So. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be okay. Like far, you know, by and large, most of the costume pieces are in the theater now. There's deliveries that are coming in over the next couple days that will really kind of complete um, the, I don't know, what's it called? The The show? (laughs) The the costumes? Uh Um, The looks? The looks. Um, But yeah, it's, um, our team is falling apart a bit health-wise. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, because it's a, that time. Yeah, and our yeah. our associate and one of our assistants are out sick, and um, and it's okay. Timing was pretty good for that because things were already kind of up and running, and we already have all of our lists and da-da-da. But, you know, with less hands, it just becomes more running around. And um, we're, yeah. we're still in hours and hours of fittings every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really something. Um, but everyone get your tickets to dance in. Uh, there's a promo code, which is all caps dance in DM that you can use, uh, to buy discounted tickets, $60 in the mezzanine, $99 in the orchestra. And if you show up in person at the box office, you won't have to pay astronomical service fees. So great. Yeah. Does the price stay the same once it opens, basically? Is that... I don't know if the discount code is, like, forever. Right, 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 right. But I, you can... But the, you, the general ticket price is the same? Yeah, like, right now, you can buy tickets to real shows, not just previews, right. at that okay. at that price. Uh-huh. Oh, so you using the discount code. You must use the discount code, everybody. Right. You that's must. Great. Yeah, so that'll probably continue. I think that's that's, like... You know, it's it's for people in the know, and if you're from Iowa... Well, if you've received you the fl- the mailer in the mail, then you know. I've received the mailer in the mail via Instagram. You know what I mean? Oh, well, sure. Well, sure. <laughs> I posted it, and I said, everybody, I know you're all poor. I only know, <laughs> I only know poor people. <laughs> oh, goodness. That has to change. That has to change. If you're rich, come through in the DMs. Um... Wouldn't that be great if we had a rich listener? Uh, we must. I know. But we no must. one we thinks do. that they're rich. That's the problem. Is that true? I mean, we're all like fairly rich comparative to, you know. That's true. The most of the world. That's so. true. That's Reality true. check. Reality oh, check. thank you. I needed that this morning. I'd been thinking about, you know. Obviously. We are so rich. Yeah. Especially like, yeah. you know, this this like hilarious artist life of like, you know, it's Thursday at nine thirty, and what are we doing? I don't know. So it's. it's I'm it's sitting good. at a table drinking good. freshly made coffee, looking at Gorge. my iPad Pro, which is recording my voice for a stupid podcast. Are your shelves <laughs> waiting until? Are your shelves a post-opening project? Oh no, they're I up. Assume. They're up, they're, Jeremy. It's happened already. Oh, Jeremy. You, wow. I'm far too compulsive for that to wait. Yeah, I get it. So I, get it. I don't know if the, do the listeners know this. I think I think that there's been talk of the shelves. Right. So some some abstract. I have, point. for the past 
five and a half years, had a shelf system. Wow, five and a half years in that apartment. Yeah. Is that possible? Yes, it is. It's true. <laughs> okay. Yeah, five and a half years. I've had a shelf system in the corner wow. of the front room of this apartment. I call it the front when room. When you put it that way, I think those shelves... They did are, well. That's good Good. They them. did well. And it was a Ikea system called Ivar, which is made out of pine. And it's like, you know, modular. There's cabinets and drawers and all kinds of things. And you just like... You place these little steel brackets into the wood sticks in holes, and then they support the weight of these things. However, after five years, five and a half years, I notice the metal brackets are bending, literal steel bending. So I thought, oh boy. And when I noticed this, I thought these shelves are not long for this world. And so... I very qu- there was a, a catastrophe waiting. There to. was a catastrophe that was imminent, and I have you know my expensive Walter ceramic water thing resting on these shelves. So I thought yeah. um, best to Scary. best to nip it in the butt rather than just like move all the things off the shelves onto tables, which I don't have enough table right, space for right. that. So, so yeah, that would be devastating. I went online and I looked at the, you know, like metal wire storage shelves website, leftshelves.com. I don't know. And, um, I, here's a pro tip, pro tip, everybody. If you're, if you're in the market for these shelves and you know, the ones I'm talking about, they're the ones we're talking about co-ops. We're talking about restaurants. We're talking about, uh, these, they're kind of fortified wire Yes, there's yeah. there's steel the frame wiggly, shelves wiggly, wiggly, with the wiggly, wiggly wire in front, wiggly, wiggly. and it's all like sort of um, threaded down onto these one inch steel poles that have little ridges in them to so you can pick where to place the shelves. Anyways, and it kind of is miraculous because yes. you just sort of click on these little plastic things and then they just stay. It's kind of like how, but you know, physics, friction, friction, and physics. Yeah. So. I have built one of these systems in the past for my mother in her basement to store, you know, childhood ephemera in plastic bins. So I I knew it was easy. Go online. Here's the pro tip. You can buy all the pieces separately. Like, oh, I'd like nine poles, two, you know, 36 inch shelves, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But they also sell things in kind of kits, like mm-hmm. get the five 36-inch shelves or four 18-inch shelves, blah, 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 the whole kit. Mm-hmm. The kits end up being cheaper than if you just get all the pieces. Well, so, one would think so. One yeah. would think. Right, because I guess it... I thought you were going to tell me piece by piece it was going to be cheaper. No, because I, I priced it out both ways because I, I needed a kind of unusual like organization of pieces but yeah, you had a plan. Did the plan really work out? Oh, Jeremy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a picture right now. Okay? okay. I hope that's a yes. Um, oops. If I'm looking at shelves in your bedroom, I'm going to be upset. What do you mean in my bedroom? I just, you know, if things went awry and things, you know. Oh, my whole bedroom's just covered in stuff. <laughs> shelves everywhere. <laughs> oh, I don't know how I ordered incorrectly. <laughs> No, I will say so, yeah, it all I'm, worked I'm, out. I am really not a fan of these kinds of shelves. 
I know, you seem so sad. I don't like co-ops because of them. Like food, um, but, food co-ops? But I'm, yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's, it's the industrial aspect, which I'm not in general, like, the most Sorry, I'm moving there's things something, around. There's something, there's something, yeah. But that's just a, that's a feeling that I have. You had a feeling. So. I'm about to take a picture for you. I thought I had a picture, oh, but here we go. I thought I thought we were doing it, but now we're not. And now it's okay. Now it I'll is. Move the table going, a bit so I get a full going, view what for doing, you. What are we going? Yeah, and you already have like uh, aluminum. What I what I call gray. <laughs> what are you talking about? Materials. You have gray materials. Going oh on. yeah, I have the steel. I have the steel so table. It's not. It's not. It's not yeah. I'm sorry. I'm moving a table. Oh, this looks almost. The same. It looks so really did it. uncannily wow. the same, doesn't it? Yes. I think this is best case scenario of these shelves. Absolutely. And I think the corner thing worked out brilliantly because with these metal shelves, they come. there's these things called S-hooks that create yeah. opportunity to build an open Listen, corner. Listen, these S-hooks create opportunity, honey. Yeah. And then suddenly, you're in a much better situation with your garbage cans than you ever were in the past. Voila. It's great. So it's great. It's great. Congratulations. Thank you. So basically also something to yeah, know. It looks like you have plenty of extra storage up there. I have lots now, yeah, lots. So you get to put all those those playbills and knickknacks, oh patty wags. So I'm really sick. Like every time I am sort of confronted by my own things, I'm like, get a grip. Okay. Get a grip. Yeah, because I, I like went through a tub that contains only like toiletry pouches and vessels for travel and i was like this is a yeah. this is a sickness that i have that like there's no reason i need like 14 pounds of this nonsense anyways <clears throat> well you want it and i mean this is why you have to be as organized as you are mm. you do it i mean so well here's the main blessings the, the, the scary story about these shelves is that UPS was informing me when they would arrive and I was scared because mm -hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, yeah. how are they going to like deliver the packages without my neighbors being mad at me? I just didn't understand like the scale of the packages. Uh -huh. So they said UPS has delivered your package and I fully expected to show up at my apartment building with like death threats from the neighbors. Uh -huh. But that wasn't That's the case. Funny. The packages were very small. So small, in fact, that I thought, there's no way this is all the shelves. Mm -hmm. And it was. It's just a couple rods and little things and shelves. Yeah. The shelves are the And the rods are like divided into two pieces so they're not so long and da da, -da. Anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I, you know, I, I got home after tech and the shelves had arrived and I thought, should I start this I now? I to do it. Yeah, and I did just it. did. Yeah, which meant that I had to take everything off the shelves, dismantle the wooden shelves... That's, that's that. Yeah. That's the part that's, that the, was crazy the hindrance and then clean the whole experience. area, remove the stage that I had built for those wooden shelves to sit on because they didn't have adjustable feet. And my, as you know, I live on a raked stage in my house. <laughs> there's a litter, there's a two and a half inch variable in here. <clears throat> that's why. Yeah. And, and then I proceeded to build the whole system and put everything back. And I was, in fact, awake until 5.30 in the morning. No way. Yeah. Sickness. I was sick. I, I, I started and I could not 
stop. Yeah, there's a there's a there's enough thrill in it to keep you going. Totally. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be done with this. It's gonna be amazing. And to be honest, I went to bed satisfied. And even though the next day I felt jet lagged, I I don't regret it. I don't regret it because I got it done. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Mm. It's great. It's great. And it's I have done. since moved some shelves around, reconf- tried out new configurations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I've arrived at a fairly optimal organization. So um, I've gotten a few new tubs at Muji to help out. And um, I love it. I love it. Congratulations. Thank you. And I feel safe. I feel safe with these shelves. That is so important to feel safe in your house. Yeah. Okay, one last thing about the shelves okay. is that in in the future, if, yeah. I, if I ever move, I feel like they'll transition well to something else. Or even if one day I had a basement, to a basement. they'd be absolutely perfect in a basement. These are, these are shelves for a basement. They're literally for a basement. You know, I really, I still love these industrial shelves that I got for my studio originally. Are um, they like mine? No. Oh. Um, they are, they're, it's like, they're, the frame is metal, but it's those like, uh, kind of keyhole shaped. Oh yes. I know the ones. Things. Yes, yes, um, yes. And it's a, it's a, it's an unusual color. That's yeah. Those come in like nice. colors. What colors? It's a kind of tan. Oh, wow. It's very nice. And where, I haven't, where do you have I th- those? I kind of think I bought them from Amazon originally. Mm. Um, and I think I looked for more of them some time ago and could not find them. Where do so. you have it? Those are in the basement now. Oh, they're basement. Did you have them in yeah. the old apartment? I had most of them in the basement there. And then I ha- I think I had one set of them in the office studio. So. Mm. Yes, they're excellent. But, you know, this house, I'm like, I'm moving to getting rid of all of the Ikea white. It's just not, yeah. it's not. It's not, it's, the, it it's not the universe for those things. Well, it doesn't so. survive, as we know, and right, and it doesn't. I mean, they've they've made the they've made it here, you know. They they're all in fine condition. Wow, but, um, it just aesthetically is not. You know, not I, I grew up in a household with a mother who often insisted on building shelves, bookshelves, um, in ways that the shelves would inevitably buck bow. Right. They she was like that's a material. That was it was a material well. and a physics problem where she was insisting on <laughs> overly long expanses of overly yes. soft wood. Right. And so, you know, it didn't seem that unusual that's to me. Happens. But here I am, I'm now I'm I'm rejecting my past. I'm Sag. insisting on on indestructible. Indestructible. I mean, it's uh it's 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 important to buy products that are forever long term. Yeah. You know, as Chris Bratton, my physical therapist told me, you know, I, I don't know if this is actually related, but when I had my first appointment with her last summer, she, she told me she had just had her apartment oh, yes. freshly painted and uh-huh. she's, you know, 70 years old. And she said, well, what's great about having it painted this time is that this will be the last time. And it's like, sure. you know, you have to plan. You have to think about doing things right for the future because, like, you only have so much more. There's only so much more time. And I don't want to keep hyping to deal with more shelves. <laughs> That's right. So, so basically, so these don't. are death shelves. 
These are these are gonna you're gonna die with these shelves. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were somewhere, you know, or maybe I'll die because they'll fall down on me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they these shelves are going to kill you. Yeah, but I oh I mean they could have killed me that night and in the wee hours of the morning when I was literally lifting huge pine cabinets up onto high shelves. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't wise I have to say. But it's the adrenaline of the fix. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, very I'm like very strong this. when I'm determined to get organized. Oh yeah, as a child, I would reorganize for the rooms all the time, constantly, and move the most ridiculous things. Yeah, you. Have I was to. just like, this has to go over there now. Yeah. And my parents would be like, um, how'd you do that? I mean, oh my god! Well, you know, one time. You know, I'm like seven years old, moving like a. Where there's a will, there's a thinking. way, Jeremy. And if a seven-year-old needs to move a gigantic mm-hmm. armoire, they can do it. Yes. This is the story of the mother lifting a car off of her child yes. or whatever. Yes. And sometimes, you know, the urgency of that is equal to the urgency of wanting to rearrange a room. Absolutely. <laughs> I think if you can't do something, you don't want to do it enough. Totally. Totally. So try You harder. know, when I was... When I was in Ballet Met, I must have been, I was 22 at the time. I, well, my mom, I joined when I was 21. My mom at some point was driving through Ohio with her friend Lisa and they stopped for a night in Columbus. And I think they saw a performance I was in and they slept in my apartment, which is absolutely insane because it was, it was a studio. But anyways, it didn't seem so insane then, but uh, you know, we set up a mattress on the floor, whatever, it all was fine, but because how old were they? Old, you know, like in their 50s. My mom was in her 50s. Yeah, so still older than we are now. Yeah. I mean, maybe so. Lisa was more or less my age. I am now, 42. Um, it's like, get a grip. Get a hotel room. <laughs> but anyways, I, on, I came back from the theater on a night, I guess, where they hadn't seen the show, blah, blah, blah. And my entire apartment was rearranged. And I love that. And I, for, my mom was asleep and Lisa was awake. And I was like, what's going on? She's like, she needed to, she had she to. needed to do this. And I was like, I was mad. And I went to bed. And when I woke up in the morning, I looked at it and I was like, she's right. That's correct. She's right. Yeah. yeah. And again, urgency People like you and it my just, mother. It just has to be this way. It had to be. She couldn't fall asleep in that apartment until it was arranged in a more effective way. Yeah. Also, like, wherever you live, that's her house, so. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thanks, Fair mother. Enough. Um, now that you're in the Broadway community, I, I feel like we should talk about this parade situation, which uh, uh, we talked about parade some time ago, and I we was did? like, well, it's a is it about Easter Parade? And you're like, I don't know. So apparently this musical is about this real life incident wherein this Jewish man from Brooklyn who moved to the South was uh, accused and convicted of raping a, a young girl who was working in, I guess, his factory or whatever. Right. Um, and then and he gets death sentence, right? Yeah, I think he gets the death sentence, and then the governor, or whatever, like changes it to like life in prison, and then 
because we're in the nightmare south at the time, he gets pulled from prison or jail or whatever and like taken I don't taken back to where it happened, I assume, oh and lynched. My God. Literally they lynched this person. Ugh. So So this is like I think it it's also a moment of like kind of a resurgence or or some something of like the KKK and um, you know, I think it may, it maybe it's a moment of like, uh, you know, the bubbling up as we've seen recently uh-huh. um, of stuff that's always there. And there's um, been some anti-Semitic protesters outside the theater or something, I heard. Right. So now, like, uh, I think it just opened a few days ago. Previews. And, you know, there, you know, uh, the the nightmare people bubbled up. So basically, I think the, the, the musical is basically about this case and that it's basically a corrupt trial and that I think the suggestion is that this other character who's like the star witness is likely the one who killed and raped this girl. So, you know, I think the, the protests sort of carry the, uh, the guise of this is like a pedophile that this musical is about basically reiterating like, the the position of the uh, anti-Semitic people at the time, right? Um, but it's like you this the, the the organizers of the protest they're not like anti uh, child rape. They're just anti killing people. So you know that's not like the unifying purpose of these people right. like they're not like you know protesting call me by your name or whatever <laughs> you know no. like they're they're literally just jew hating yeah it's true or you know using this thing so um that's so strange in new york and scary yeah i mean it's uh i mean it's it is this kind of strange thing where it like kind of proves the point of the musical and proves the the reason for remounting it? Right, I guess and, so. Uh, you know, it's like yeah, this makes sense. Um, um, wow. Well, I, I from our theater, I look across the street from where we do our fittings into the performers' dressing rooms for parade because it's the theater's direct, oh. directly across the street. Hot. Um, so I see people <laughs> changing their hats and putting on their wool bla- wool jackets. Um, oh, that's fine. Yeah, but I'm I haven't seen the protests because I guess we're always sitting during tech at the time. But right. I'm you know, and I'm be more aware. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, this is like great publicity for this musical. More people go to see it, and more people have an understanding well, no, of, like, we, no. that these nightmare people are, like, doing this. What we actually that... need is for the people... <laughs> for people to come and observe the protest, but then look across the street and say, dancing? Oh, oh right, right, I'd right, love right. to see so that. You yeah, you don't need to go see Parade, but... Because now I've told you about it. Yeah. Um, you don't so, need to see it. It's yeah, been spoiled. Yeah. But look across so, the street, go to the box office, yeah, and you don't the, have go... to pay the service fees. <laughs> there you go. Go dan- go to dance. Go to dance. Oh my god. Oh, Jeremy. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I don't know why it's called parade. Is 
maybe because like parades are horrific, like American uh, traditions of like nightmare escapes. I don't know. Hmm. But um, uh, it's Parade. I listened to some of the music. It sounds like what you'd imagine. Oh yes, it sounds like uh, um the beginning of the end like of musical, musical theater from the nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I've heard Ben Platt sing that song that has so many words in it, and um, mm. and he's he. I I am interested in Ben Platt's voice. There's something he does. Well, he's yeah. It's he's very talented. Yeah. Um, and who's who's his who plays his wife? Michaela Diamond. I have literally zero understanding of who sh- she is. I don't know her, no, the history no, no, no. of this actress, but she must be someone because she's on the marquee. Will work. She's on the marquee. Yeah, and I think the musical is sort of this like love story, but or you know, sort of like falling in love. I, I think they're married throughout the whole thing. I don't. I don't really know. Right. She she's like, working on getting him out of prison. Right. Oof. That was terrible. What a terrible yeah. story. That's really. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't that. know that like. It's a little, it's so, it's so disturbing to think about the reality of that story that like the idea of a musical feels a little like. Um, Jeremy, there's a musical <laughs> of Room. Okay. So. I saw this. I saw this. <laughs> These people have like, there's no boundaries to how deranged people are with the wow, musical comedy movie. genre. Um, I'm going to Broadway on Sunday for the opening of The Seagull. What? Yeah. Who's in it? Parker. Where? Broadway. Really? I don't know. I don't know what, where, it's, where it's... Yeah. Wow, that's great. Um, so that'll be something. Um, I'll let you know, I guess. Yeah, if you're in the area, stop by. We can have lunch on a break. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're trying to figure out how we're going to do this. There's a dog. There's a refrigerator. Refrigerator. Um, yeah, Aaron Markey. Aaron Markey's wife is a producer, uh-huh. and she, she was like, "Oh, we have these refrigerators from the shoot that are so you can like, just oh, have. Yeah, we can put a refrigerator in the basement, but for, you know, but can you can stuff. you fit a refrigerator in your car? It's not all. It's not you know. It's a small, smaller refrigerator. Oh, a mini fridge. A little mini fridge. Oh. <sighs> Un, un, unknown size. There's mini fridges all throughout the theater, the music box theater. I'm learning all about Broadway shows because, you know, these people who perform in the show and tech and do the, you know, stage management and lighting, they're there crew. forever for the crew. Thank you. They're there for the rest of their lives. So. Right. They move in. They, move, they live there. They're bringing in rugs and shelving systems. So mini fridges. Nice. I in this way. It scares me, but... In terms of, like, a family feel? I suppose, but... Also, it could be, like, a real nightmare. There's something about yes. the walk from the train to the theater, and then just the the kind of paucity... No, that's not the right word. Does that mean there's not a lot of it? Paucity? Uh, I don't know. I'll look it up. The paucity, I'm going to say, of restaurants that are, you know, yeah. u- useful and delicious in the area... The presence of something only in smaller, insufficient quantities. I really, really nailed it. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Paw City. 
Oh, it's a real paw city. Paw city of restaurants. Um, so I mean, there are restaurants. Oh it's yeah. Just, it's what is it? it it's just look. Bad. If you want a bad twenty five dollar sandwich, you're in the right neighborhood. Goodness. Yeah. It's so. Oh, it's it's tourist. That's what it is. Duh. Absolutely, Broadway tourist. It's it's, it's gobble gobble. But I think what happens is there's everyone has mini fridges in their dressing rooms and a green room and all around, and they all bring in food from home, and they all right. have these black velour bathrobes that are been given to them by the production that they wear all around the theater because they do all of their dressing and changing on the deck, like on the stage level, because the dressing rooms are you know three or four floors up. So, uh, see this, okay, this, I'm going to submit this to the Broadway sandwich folk mm. of like, I'm kind of, this is, this would be an interesting episode or season uh-huh. of, of sort of like the, the theater as a, as a home. Oh, oh, the reality show of teching a Broadway show is amazing. It's just like uh, drama. How great is that? <clears throat> it's a show called Tech Week. Oh my God. And each season, it's a different show. That would be great. You're welcome. Get Garen on it. Get Garen uh, on it. Copywriting this. Copywriting. Oh my god, I was having a slice of pizza across the street from the theater. And who should walk you by? Saw someone. But Justin Scribner, Garen's brother. I think is Justin doing parade? Yes, Justin is stage manager. Oh, I love that. And I That's ran so outside nice. and we had the loveliest hug and hopefully we'll have dinner break together. Oh, soon. Sweetheart. I know, love him. Yeah, that's so nice. Um Yeah, that was kind of the person I was thinking of in terms of like the feeling of family home theater experience and like being taken care of and like just like a a kind of loveliness Hmm. to an experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. So nice. I'm sure Justin creates a really festive environment. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I imagine. But we have an amazing stage manager on our show named Beverly and we love, 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 love. Oh, that's great. And she screams at the director, which is fun. Ah, the stage managers really, really crazy so i mean for for pam's show at bard uh betsy was the stage manager what's betsy ayers they make that up ayers yeah mm-hmm. um so she kind of became my assistant director it's kind of it's kind of the the film version of that it's kind of it's the person who like yells at people and like gets them to where they need to be i love that because i never i don't want to it's like really not the role i want to take in anything ever is like yelling at people. Mm. Um, so that was a real, it was really, that was a real gift for the better day film to have someone to like oh, yell at people. Someone who's skilled and gifted at wrangling. Wrangler. Yeah. Huge amount of wrangling involved. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, just like, it's great. anyways, um, Broadway, huh? Facilitator. Broadway. Um, so EO is now on Criterion. Oh, really? I will watch it. Yes. Okay. It is... Maybe I shouldn't say anything. You love. You love, love, love this film. I live. I love. Get Criterion. I have it. Watch I'm all stealing of, yours. All of his... Oh, good. Watch all of his movies. Um, this movie is bizarre. It's excellent. Um, I, I have one issue with it, oh. but it's fine. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it after you talk after you see it. All right. Um, um, but yeah. That's good. I I'm, needed something I'm considering to going to see it in a theater, actually, because wow. it's quite it's quite something. I needed that to watch. And then also, because the only other thing 
I got I got caught up on The Last of Us, which I okay, am, am enjoying. And also, okay. like, I don't... I like looking at Pedro Pascal. I appreciate their presence on film. And I'm also not convinced that he's a great actor. I'm not either. I did watch a YouTube video of Pedro Pascal giving, like, best movies, uh-huh. favorite movies. Uh-huh. And I was... Uh, swooned. Oh, I mean, he seems like heaven. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm like, uh, it's okay. I think it's, I think it's okay. Look, I think I, I have no, he really, really lucked out getting the part of the Mandalorian, which is a faceless role. And I think because it kind of revived the star Wars franchise, which is, you know, big, big money. I think Mm -hmm. the studios now know that Pedro Pascal can headline. Pedro was also in the game of uh, Thrones, Narcos. No, but that, that Kristen Wiig movie, Mm -hmm. the cat, was she a cat woman? What is she? What is she? Oh yes. Pedro Pascal was the bad guy in wonder woman Two. wonder woman Two, which is also not great, but, um, but you know, uh, yeah, so I have not seen any... I have not been swooned by the performances. But, no, but as uh, a per- I'm, person... I feel great about them getting work and working and love, work, love, work, love work, honey, work. Work, Pedro. Okay. Did um, you see anything else? Um, gosh. Because I watched Sharper on Apple TV+. Plus. Which is, I believe, what it's called. What is that? Sharper is this oh, Julianne movie Moore? that is being sold as Julianne Moore's movie, but it's not. Um, it's an it's a it's a solid ensemble. I think it's a good movie. Um, okay, and we could talk about it once you've seen it. It's <clears throat> it's um, I thought this is a good movie. Thank you. I have that streaming <laughs> platform, so that is also on the list. Eo and Sharper. Yes. Um, what's crazy is we have a cast member named Eo, but with an I, and we also have a cast member named Pedro. So this is like I'm feeling mm. a little disoriented at I, the moment. I think the title comes from, uh, it's it's it, I think it's in Poland how they describe the sound a donkey makes, like so, Eeyore, like Eeyore, Eeyore, Eeyore. That's what I said. Eeyore. 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 <laughs> yeah you know how it is really an incredible movie in swedish um, in swedish the sound of a horse is neg 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 they put a g in it yeah neg neg nay that's fun i mean that there's something there about like different animal sounds and oh it's great the world. oh i think in france the rooster goes cocorico or something like that oh that sounds gorgeous yeah I also watched this documentary about elephants in it's like elephants on like a, a or it's really about one elephant mainly it's called the elephant whispers I think it's nominated for Academy Award as like a documentary I don't think it deserves that but it is elephants are incredible so I think it's on Netflix wow um, it's a sweet sweet loving kind of Elephant as pet friend. It's, it's you know, it's wonderful in that way. Elephant as pet friend. Um, I also think that we should talk about this dog shit choreographer Oh, situation. Oh, yes, yes, of course, yes. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> it remains to be, like, 
at the top of the dance section of the New York Times, which I find strange after like a week. Well, I mean, this Marco so Gucca, no who, who came to some kind of success through making these, you know, the worst kind of dances. Uh, I loved the line that was something about he was being praised and the thing was like, waves arms like birds. Yep. I thought dog shit choreographer. Oh, I, years and years ago, um, Peter Bull, before he was the director of Pacific Northwest Ballet, was presenting his own kind of curated shows at the Joyce, etc., with like groups of ballet dancers. And, and, and brought a solo by this guy called like Mopey or something. I don't remember. But it was just like a solo for a person kind of just like gesticulating. Yeah. In the way that like contemporary European dance mm-hmm. can be parodied. Yes. And <laughs> um, then that solo was then brought into the repertory of Pacific Northwest Ballet when Peter took over, blah, blah, blah. That, so that was kind of like the extent I knew of this person's choreography. And then... It came to my, uh, I started to understand that this person was making lots of work in Europe. And then I didn't even know that he was the director of a ballet. But then, um, then this happened and I learned some more. Right. So this being, uh, do you want to say what happened? You go, you go ahead. Uh, so basically this choreographer gets a negative review, <laughs> which I read this review and I thought. Normal. I mean. Not normal. I mean, obviously, this person didn't like this piece in general, but it wasn't like, you know, it was sort of like either this is like contemplative or like makes you want to kill yourself. You know, it was, it was, it was like. Was it snarky? Not, it was like a bit snarky. Well, that's fun. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't. It seemed like a, a review oh. by someone who's like trying to write a review to, you know, to. Get a, sell get the a news. Rise, yeah. Also, I guess. so people will to read the, the dance news. section. Totally. You think anyone's going to go see it? It definitely did have a sense of like, maybe you'll love it. Wait, maybe I just want to say, go check it out. And this is I not guess. in defense of like irresponsible or incredibly snarky criticism, but like nobody <laughs> is going to read really thoughtful like academic dance criticism in the paper. Yeah. It's boring. Okay. Anyways, that said. Yeah. Um, it's tricky. But anyway, uh, so then she goes back to the ballet and basically this choreog this dog shit choreographer, you know, basically confronts her and then at some point pulls out his dog's shit and puts it in her face. <laughs> Sorry. Which, you know, is problematic in that that's assault. It's literally you know? assault. So it's also further because I was thinking about cancel culture and like, you know, there are people defending this guy as like, oh, it's like most, one of the most important German choreographers of our time, you know, flapping arms or whatever. Right. And it's like, if this had happened sort of outside of the workplace, this is literally in, in the workplace. This is at the ballet. This yeah. is also like illegal activity totally this is criminal it's also the way that it's tied to the working itself like this is this is a professional relationship 
even, you know, like, you know, even if this review was like hideous, like you don't, you don't professionally get to act like that. You don't, as a, as a citizen, you don't get to act like that. It's why it's illegal. So I'm like, this is pretty disqualifying as a job. Like you don't get to treat people like that in a workplace. This is also such a like, not just like a person to person thing. This is as, as a choreographer, this is your universe of work. This is, and as like a director. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it brought up questions around cancel culture for me and like where, where actually someone being canceled makes sense. Mm. And it, for me, it's like this, it's, it's like a professional, it's a job thing. Like this isn't, it'd even be different if this was just a choreographer who came in and set a piece. Oh, right. Still not like good. Well, and I mean, this person is employed by the opera house to lead the ballet. Exactly. So I'm like, you should be fired because this is bad behavior as in, in I mean, regards to you. The person who should be the most ashamed. I mean, this person's clearly insane, but the person who should be like the most embarrassed is the woman who runs the whole organization who basically apologized who basically defended right. him. Yeah. I, I mean, the way these people are apologizing is sort of not to be believed that they're just like, the thing I did is bad. Right. However, what's being done to me is destroying art. And you're like, no, you're destroying art by making these Yeah, dances. because it's not as if... So another route that this person could have taken was to make a ballet wherein there's a critic and you put dog shit in their face. Like... You know, then, like, being canceled for doing something like that, we're like, this is, we're not talking about, like, artistic expression here. We're not talking about, like, an artist saying a thing or doing a thing. You know, this is not, like, sanctioning artistic voice. This is about bad behavior as, like, citizens in the world. It's related to, like, dance as, like, a form of speech only, like, peripherally right this person it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what's happened to them in terms of their feelings toward a critic this person attacked a woman with dog feces while at in work at work like a a, co-worker of sorts that's you know that there was even a period of days where they were deciding whether to dismiss this person or not. I'm like, Ex- what? Wait, what? Like, right. no, you're done. So, Cause no, for me, the, the fact that it happened at the ballet and inside this ballet dynamic or work, what I want to call it like workplace, because if this was like an external relationship to like something unassociated with the job, I'm not sure that that person should be canceled for their job because like the, the, legality and the repercussions i think should come from the the law <laughs> you know so that's that's sort of why i keep reiterating this I thing see. of like oh interesting like this it was it, because this cancel culture thing i think is problematic in that like i don't think every bad thing or incorrect 
thing a person does should result in their like job being destroyed. Well, I, I just want to, yeah. I want to propose this. <clears throat> Do you think that this man is employable as a director mm. of a ballet company as someone who has assaulted a woman. Like outside of, if, if the scenario was that of like outside the workplace, yeah. Right. I think that's tricky. Uh, I don't I would, know, like, I if, say, what if, you know, like, should felons be allowed to work? You know, like, is that what the question, sort of what the question is? You know, that's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. Well, I would say, like, knowing the details, like, Let's say, for example, this person was tried in court and the details of the case are released that, yes, in fact, this person pled guilty to having smeared dog poop in the face of a woman who had not, you know, provoked mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, if So if that had happened in the past and then I was looking to hire a person to be the director of my ballet company, I would... I would take that very seriously into account as a person who's in charge of a group of like right. many women, right. young totally. women. And I would think like, wait, I mean, I, I don't know if it would automatically disqualify this person, but it would certainly raise a lot of questions. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's sort of, it's, I, what I don't like about the cancel culture dynamic is the kind of overly simplified kind of thing, the kind of like outrage removal dynamic does not seem uh-huh. good because like anyone could be outraged about anything at any point. So like if we're just, if someone's mad about something, then someone doesn't get to do anything. Doesn't, doesn't quite right. add up. So it's, it's where right. I'm like the complexity of the situation should be taken into account. Um, and, and right. I'm not convinced that even the dynamic of like, choosing to hire someone on with a history versus like someone you have like a complicated relationship with who maybe did something, you know, like imagine it was like a drug charge charge of, you know, like something mild or something. Should that, is that something that the job should be dealing with or like the law takes care of that and, you know, it's tricky, but I, right. it's the, it is. this feels so clearly like, it's why it's like, it's a workplace based dynamic It's work of like inappropriate behavior. Yeah. That's an assault on a, another person. Like inside right. this theater is really like, you know, <laughs> feels pretty. Right. This is interesting because now I'm thinking about, you know, back in the early nineties when Darcy Kistler called the police because mm-hmm. Peter Martins had thrown her down the stairs mm-hmm. or or something had like hit her to the extent that she called nine one one, and you know after del- time and deliberation, the board of the New York City Ballet decided not to dismiss Peter Martins because Darcy Kistler basically you know then said like right. oh it's right. okay like dropped any and I, I if it were I think if we were to move that situation to now it would have all played out very differently yeah yeah and i wonder like well it's very it's very tricky because you know part of me is like i don't know that the the reaper i think that 
repercussions can come from different places. So that, that, but it's so tricky because what is the situation with a wife who feels that is like a double bind dynamic? Like she probably loved him in these ways that were also complicated because of this like work relationship. And, you know, as, as we talked about with that podcast of like these like romance, uh, you know, ballet dreams, like these, these jobs and like money and jobs and like all the, the complex entwined, uh, narratives built into these relationships. Um, but where the, where the job is responsible, I don't know that the workplace is, is responsible for like dealing with all of that. I think culturally there's the, the workplace has a role to play in terms of like how it supports these dynamics and, uh, you know, I don't know there's something complicated in, I don't know where it can like give uh i don't know even like job support (laughs) like stability that is beyond like the Mm. the artistic you know choreographers where like the balancing as kind of the director and choreographer the kind of king is not ideal uh so right well gosh reading this jennifer Hammond's book like if there had been a kind of HR structure uh-huh. at the New York City Ballet in the 50s and 60s. There's li- literally no way he would have been able to stay in his job. Right. Well, it also would have changed his behavior, right? You know, like... Yeah, I mean, presumably, um, yes. Like, the part of that is the kind of... It's like a different world, which isn't to sort of, like... Yeah, it was a different... Validate world. the actions, but it... You know, it, it, but to sort of account for like it progress and that, like these systematic changes do make changes. If they actually change what yeah. people believe they can do to each other. So, mm. you know, this is a good opportunity to be like, True. you know what you can't do is put your dog shit in uh, someone else's face at work. Oh my God. You definitely, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you no. shouldn't do that. Yeah, like that, do that. Does that seem complicated? A statement to make, <laughs> you know? It's like I mean, yeah, uh what what do you imagine will happen to Mr. Mr. Gutka Marco? I don't I ima- you know, it's it's where I'm my other thought with this was like this seems like a better story than Tar. You know? So my feeling oh, is yeah. that like oh, yeah. this kind of person goes to like Siberia and does what they do there. Well, look, I won't be at all surprised if in you know 5 to 10 years, you know, sympathetic directors who also feel assaulted by dance criticism start hiring Well, them and I also to like come And I'm not sure that that's irresponsible. Honestly, I think like this is what I mean about the felon thing too. It's like, do we give people second chances? Like, what are what are our right. dynamics here? But I that doesn't mean without well, yeah, because like the whole idea work being done by that person to right 
the idea of like being convicted and then going through some kind of like recuperation yeah. would indicate, you know, like, oh, this person has now actually paid for their crime and they're working to like, you know, be a more Responsible functional citizen, yeah. member totally. of society. Yeah. I don't think we get there by people being like, uh, but they're such a genius. Do you see how the arms flap like birds? I, we don't, we're not going to get, we're not going to get a different outcome that way. Right. right. So. Look, I, I mean, I realize that in talking about this, I do need, like, it's more practical to remove, like, my feelings about this person's choreography out of the equation. No, it's irrelevant. Really I mean, yeah. what, you know, if, if people want to continue to show his work or whatever, that's, that's a trickier thing. And I'm sort of like, do it, don't do it. Um, uh, right. And then it does become about the work it, it, more so. You know, it's like, do we want to see a Peter Martin's ballet? No. But why? No. Because they're bad. So. There you go. You know, like. There you go. Like, I'm going to watch a Woody Allen movie. Because they're good. Because they're uh, good. Not because, like, yeah. I'm defending his personal actions. Uh, right. Is that problematic? Yeah, it is. But there's kind of, yeah. you know, when saints start making art, then I'll go watch that. I'll look at that. I know this is a this is a tricky. This it's is a tricky really subject. tricky. But it, I want it. To, yeah. I, my desire in it for is for things to stay tricky and not get black and white because I don't think that works out. Right. Like these things are really yeah. complicated, and I want them to be felt as really complicated. You are literally Lydia Tarr teaching that <laughs> workshop at Juilliard. No, because she is like, <laughs> well, in the sense of like, are you going to cancel these artists? I'm like, well, you can, I think everyone gets to not listen or engage with whatever art they don't want, they want to, and to, uh, uh, fight against it. Like you get that yeah. is like your freedom do, to fight I, against. Like I feel like we're constantly fighting against work we don't like, against people that. You know we feel like our like a Peter Martin's vibe, um, and that's our right to do that. that. Yeah, I also believe in people's right to show that work, to perform that work, to you know go see that work, so. Yeah. I mean, that is part of why this Jennifer Hammond's book is kind mm. of so riveting for me right now is that it is really showcasing a situation where, you know, there it's very mm -hmm. complicated to hold these two ideas simultaneously that like, yes, Balanchine's behavior, particularly with women, was not good. And the work is important and the history of how it was made is all mm -hmm. tied up in these relationships. So like it's all inextricable and Jennifer's not proposing that we cancel this mm -hmm. person or their work, but she's also not asking that we revere them and turn a blind eye to yep. all of the like very bad totally. behavior. <clears throat> so great. it's really just like, it's good. It's really a history of a very flawed person that 
also explains like why they're flawed it stems from their their fear yeah. and their childhood and the trauma that they endured from a revolution and poverty and you know it's um it's very complicated and also it's 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 scary yeah well and i think yeah i think of it reminds me of cults as well like what you what you need is like to hold the complexity of this person you know so like this go back to sarah lawrence thing it's like if these people could could have held that yes this person really helped me and like freed me from maybe things i don't even have to be freed from but um but also like you're torturing me so yeah again again this like and i think in ballet these systems where like you have these kind of godlike uh makers or whatever these figures like i think the thing is to be like this is a human being and you don't have to bow down to them like there's a there's there's like dynamics of respect but you don't you don't we're not creating a situation here where like this is a untouchable godlike figure who whatever they do in like the Larry way of the Sarah Lawrence cult, like uh-huh. they are not God here. So if something's going on that you don't like, let's have a conversation about it before yeah. we get to the point of like, yeah, we, these bad things don't need to happen. I mean, bad things are going to happen, but, um, I, you know, this like building in kind of buffer space around these dynamics that I, I, that I think often happen because of a kind of religiosity around these figures, Mm. which institutions do a lot of work to project a godlike genius quality onto these people. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then there are consequences. Wow. Yikes! Yikes! Well, um, I really hope you make it through the. Oh, I know you keep returning the Mister. Only book, returned but, it once. Um, it okay. Really well, I I'm maybe I'll read it. I'm actually reading um, this book about Trisha Brown. It's called like. Oh, it's upstairs. Choreography as visual art. I think is what. It's, is the it's like Trisha Brown choreography is Did visual. Did she art. write it? No, it's um. I actually really like the writing, but I can't remember who wrote it. And the basic premise of it is is not. I sort of assumed it would be like looking at Trisha Brown through her visual art, which it's not. The idea mm-hmm. is that Trisha Brown approached choreography like visual artists of the time were were approaching art making. Which is a kind of like formal question, questioning everything formally of like, what is, you know, like think of Jackson Pollock and like, what is painting or, or Duchamp, you know, what is art and Trisha Brown, like sort of like, what is dance, which is kind of the foundation of downtown dance. Um, so, um, which I, you know, which did lead me to Balanchine and this question of like, what is Balanchine doing? Balanchine. I think isn't questioning like what is dance as much as what is ballet is sort of my, is where I landed. I don't know. How do you feel about that? 
Well, I think that... Mm, I think that, yes, that's true. I think Balanchine chose to engage with ballet because Balanchine was very much inside of a philosophy where, like, ballet was the greater art form, which is, like, a very colonialist kind of misogynist structure of being, like, ballet is the greatest. And I think mm. Lincoln Kirsten really, like, reinforced that by always being, like, ballet is like the finest and ballet is like the most advanced and the most like history and the most pure and blah 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 it was just all this like white nonsense but um it also like that kind of rhetoric that they were engaged <clears throat> in making through uh created an environment where they were icing mm -hmm. out right all of the other people who weren't doing uh -huh. what they were trying to do. Well, actually, literally everybody that wasn't Balanchine. So it's just like they were making sure that all the resources, all the space, all of the time and energy were being funneled toward Balanchine <clears throat> and American mm -hmm. ballet um, and taken away from, you know, modern dance, female dance makers, all the rest. So... Yes, I think Balanchine's primary concern mm -hmm. was ballet, but I think that came from an, a not very... Well, I mean, I think these things are always built on... They, they come out of the pre-existing worldview. So I think Balanchine, for Balanchine, right. it comes out of like, ballet is dance, almost. You know, it's like, right. obviously there are other forms of social dance whatever that Balanchine is well aware of um but but for him like ballet okay. is the well, tip Balanchine... of the spear in terms of like dance as of as a cultural form so if I'm going to revolutionize and, and Balanchine that... wasn't he wasn't disengaged from right. other forms I mean Balanchine was employing right Martha right. Graham to come and collaborate and Paul Taylor and I think that came from like a culture of dance at the time where, like, there were these people who were expanding the form mm -hmm. uh, in really consequential ways, and I think Balanchine wanted to be a part of the conversation until mm. it was like, I have everything, and now it's just me. Right, but I think um, to be through this position of... Because ballet is not... Is a niche... I mean, in my, in my worldview, ballet is a niche corner of dance rather than the tip of this spear of like kind of perfection of dance, which I think might be more the balancing position and the Lincoln Kirsten position, right? Like not, not of like, oh, there's modern and there's ballet and there's this and that or whatever. And they're kind of, they each have their perfection, own perfections, but they're equally like valuable. That's, I think, more my worldview um but i think right. it's a it's a more of a tiered pyramid of like those elements so like martha graham could make like a great modern dance but it's never the best of that is never going to touch ballet in the in the world of balanchine it's sort of my sense of no. that hierarchy but balanchine balanchine did not did not dismiss like Mary right, Bateman right, right, right. 
Martha Graham and Paul, to the extent that he wouldn't steal right. their ideas. I think he was more than happy mm-hmm. to kind of like borrow conceptually yeah. from them, but then just through the through the lens of you know his mm-hmm. form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Mm-hmm. The hierarchy sets up an ability to appreciate those other things. You know, as the king yeah. might give like some money to a lord or whatever, to like do whatever, as right. long as they don't threaten the hierarchy. Right, um, right, right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, even Balanchine had Merce come and make summer space. Right, but Merce is, is like in line with a, a kind of Graham universe of like, out. of really redefining what, uh, finding like a new language for dance. You know, and it. Right. Well, what's right, right, interesting right. about Cunningham is like that work looks more like ballet. So yes. it has an interesting crossover point there. You know, and it's where Pam, mm-hmm. Pam gets to make ballets because her, her yeah. language also has that relationship. So. Totally. But Pam isn't like I mean, in that balancing world of like that dance dynamic. Did you ever see the New York City Ballet do Summer Space? Is that the one with the like pointillist background? Right. Yeah, with the I think I've only seen the video of that. Minotarts. Oh, on the 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 three D Cunningham movie. Well, it's in the repertory at New York City Ballet. Balanchine, I think, in the sixties or seventies. I mean, sorry, Cunningham staged a version of Summer Space on the New York City Ballet in mm. point shoes originally. And then I think that quickly... Originally, that as in, like, after the original piece. <laughs> when he first Yeah, Balanchine yeah. had made Summer For his Space company. on, yeah, like, Carol, Carol and Viola Farber, Carol mm. Brown, Viola Farber. And, but then he made a version for the New York City Ballet and there were point shoes involved, but now there's there's no point shoes That's involved. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I would be very, very curious to see the point, point I shoes. I mean, do a program yeah. when they do it twice. Two casts. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, I, I'm balancing... Wow, anyways. I'm thinking back through this Jennifer Hammond's book, which is now like... it's mm-hmm. There's so much of it. I like almost for... Now that I'm in the kind of salacious part of like the 1960s and 70s where everything was just kind of like where things got really wild with the Suzanne Farrell mm-hmm. situation it it almost has made me forget yeah. like how much has happened already like yeah. anyway it's a big big book anyway. big story complicated really big, big story big book um very complicated yeah uh i will keep going with this trisha book it's i find it fascinating and even like first 10 pages i was like this is how choreographers need to be thinking so cool yeah i will i'd like maybe i'll get my hands on it um um anyway yeah i guess we should talk to peter now i mean i guess i should talk to peter now oh you (laughs) should definitely talk to peter and exclude me yet again uh yeah Maybe I'll talk to. Well, that was next part of. I was like, you, because I, I have told you you should do that. And I was like, well, why don't I just do it? I know I. So I did, and that's this. All right, maybe I'll get a Broadway perspective. Um, but yeah, Tuesday, um, Peter is. 
I, I think I they're kind of, um, it's more of a, a my Sussex, because Peter, Peter did this, this past Tuesday and from, from the, uh, post show posting on the socials, uh, it appears that it might be more of like a Peter Smith curation of, of comedy and lore. Well, they they said okay, as much yeah. in the interview. I, I, I mm-hmm. wasn't sure that was the case. You weren't listening. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's it's good to project a kind of social community sense, but it really seems like a multifaceted experience. So that's happening again next this coming Tuesday. So if you want yeah. like delicious food, go to Arcastratus and uh, have some yeah. good times. I thought that I might be able to go, but I'm, and in my, I'm, not, in my, I'm not going to be able to go. In my comment about bringing a Broadway perspective, I neglected to remember that Peter is a That's Broadway right. performer. Peter Smith of, of Broadway. So, uh, and, you know, anyway, of stage. I guess stage we're already and screen, getting a bad way. Stage and screen. Stage. Fame. Screen. Bookstore. Bookstore. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's take a listen. Hi, Peter. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You went to Archistratus to, to prep your... I went to Archistratus. I scoped out, you know, just a little walkthrough again. To be like, oh, right, I'll say this, I'll say this. I assume you're performing in the bookstore? I am in the, we are doing it in the bookstore, yes. Excellent sound, sound system. So I hear. And you're performing there tomorrow and the fo- uh, Tuesday. This yeah. is a Monday. This is a Monday, the 20th mm-hmm, mm-hmm. President's yes. Day. Yes, clap. Favorite president? Mm, probably, um... I'm going to say FDR. I'm going to say FDR. FDR. Okay. Okay. Because? I like that he's... Uh, big, big ideas. Big projects. Big ideas. Big, big, big ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, violent as ever, as they all are, but... Well, you, uh, there's... I mean... Big uh, comes ideas. With, comes with the gig, I guess. Yeah. But he had big ideas, you know? And a scary brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. Teddy's is ter- Teddy Roosevelt, scary, scary guy. A real, a real frontiersman. Yeah, real scary guy. The the Teddy was a, a to throw you off thinking thinking a teddy bear, you know. Exactly. Tricks, tricks, trickster. Yeah. So you're doing a show. You're doing two shows. Are you doing more shows? It's two shows. You're gonna start with these two shows. At Archistratus? Going to start with these two shows, you know, th- this is, we're recording the podcast right now, right? Yeah, we're recording it right now. Are you I'm, recording it? Right I'm now? recording it. I am recording it oh, right okay. now. But, but so it, I'm recording it, ha- it and you're recording it. And it has right now, begun. And right it is now. currently it's happening. present time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're doing the two shows at Archistratus. And yeah, you know, we've got material to try. Uh, people in my community uh, have material to try. Um, so fun. Keeping the instrument warm, you know. I, I mean, it is pretty rude of you to be doing this, I would say. Um, it's rude. Because, 
because I lived in Greenpoint for years. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, it's pretty frustrating. You know... Uh, Jack said the air in Greenpoint is toxic as well. Well, I think the air... Um, <laughs> Everywhere. Fair is foul and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and filthy air is... Um, kind of the vi- is the mood is the vibe for I think this for the past the rest of our three lives. years and the rest of our lives, um, and it's happened before yeah. and we're in it now and yeah yeah so that's fine it's fine we just have to keep going it's it is we what just it have is. to keep going keep breathing keep breathing into our center <laughs> keep breathing keep breathing yeah yeah you know there is a possibility there is a world in which. I will be in New York City next week. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned, everybody, um, on Tuesday, you mean? But, but yes. Yeah, so for the first show, which is happening tomorrow, which is days before this podcast comes out. Exactly. Uh, our listeners will not be able to see that show. But there's another show on what day would that be? That's going to be the 28th. The 28th of February, which is... Leap year Am I dynamics. Right What's going on there? Uh, I don't know how that works. Yes, 28th. How does the leap year work? Is that the last day of the month? In February, some years have some years, 29 day? days. Yeah. So and I'm pretty sure... That day and then you're... You age yep, at a exactly. Rate. My friend Kara, Kara Stevens childhood friend was born was born leap year and as a kid was like, you're actually only four you know i'm looking up i think 2020 was a leap year i mm, well 2020 was certainly felt like a leap year thank god which means there's an extra there we because did we have an extra that, day we needed that day because we lost the rest of them and that was before covid started can you believe even believe that happened it's still happening every day and it's not any easier to believe did you have you you must have had COVID. Everyone has. I haven't, but everyone has. You must have had COVID. Yeah, I had COVID. Yeah. I COVID. I've had COVID. A millions of times. No, only <laughs> once. I was like, has it happened twice? And I've had scares, but no, only once. Mm. Yeah. I've had scares. Scary. scary. I have had scares. Oh, you did Weirdo Night? How wonderful was that? Weirdo Night was wonderful. I was so sad to not be there. Jibs Cameron is a genius. Really, 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 really. And mm-hmm. you didn't know Jibs before this? We had met before. But you hadn't, yes. like, worked. You hadn't, you hadn't had a... No, we haven't stomped, we haven't, you know, clomped and creamed together, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's so... We haven't done that. That's great. Friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Genius. Um, Friend of the podcast. I really wanted to see the the pilot of that show. It looked incredible. It was really funny. Puppet. Really funny. I was like, Pee Wee. Incredible. Give it to me. Make this show really, happen, really someone. Funny. Yeah, more more weird, weird. I mean, just making like a container that she made this like she she gives this this weirdo container it's such a that that itself is just a gift to the universe it is a gift uh, as a weirdo as a dancer as 
a singer as <laughs> as a body in space, you know, as a speck of dust, uh, as a speck, simply a put, speck of dust, a mere speck. What's happening food-wise for the shows? I'm gonna make pickled grapes. Wow, I've never had a pickled grape. I'm gonna be selling pickled grapes. I'll be selling them for like I probably sell them. Well, I don't know the price yet, but we'll have pickled like grapes $10 for sale. A grape. A grape? No. <laughs> That's a New York price. Also, it's visual art. Yeah, and dance, if you think about it. How are you... Will you sell them as, like, a cup of grapes? No, I'll have, you know, vessels. Jar, jars. Jars or, like, like a cork, cork container. I'm all about it. I might be selling some shirts that I'm making. Oh, I love that. You know, it's 8 to 10. It's 8 to 10. That's kind of all you need to know. It's... 8 to 10, Arcastratus, Tuesdays. This past Tuesday, you missed it. I'm so sorry. Or you were there and had a great time. Yep. And next Tuesday, which you're going. I know you are. I can feel it. Everyone listening is going to go. Well, they have to now. Because it sounds so incredible. Yeah, and they've potentially... So sorry about that. If you had other plans, they have to cancel. Yeah. Um, I really... I hope that I am going to go. You should come. I want to. It's going to be done at 10 p.m. You literally could shut the door of the car and then drive home and be home by midnight. Oh, my God. But you do realize that I'm asleep by 7. But if if fate makes it so that I am in the city working on Tuesday, I will... Yeah, it's the city that never sleeps, so you're not going to be sleeping in no, here. No, no, no. If I'm there, I will be awake and having a great time. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. Oh, pickled grapes. 8 to 10 is a lifestyle. Um, all right, well, okay, we'll um, see you there. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for spending time with us, me and the listeners. And I love you all. Fans. 8 to 10. It's a state of mind. We love you. Love you. Bye. Go to the show. We love you, Peter. We love you, Paige. Go to Paige. Go to dancing. Um and watch the movies we're watching and yeah get your dance i think it's great to get your dancing tickets now oh the sh- literally it opens in a week so yes no it doesn't open it previews in a week and then it'll open after that so well you still people get your gotta tickets. pay to see previews that's uh, Got- i'm just saying your your these words matter words matter read words but matter. um I yeah i'm really excited I was at a loss for words at times today talking about stuff, but I did find paucity in my brain. Paucity, honey. Paucity. Well, we'll be it's back next week store. with big, bigger words, smaller ideas. Uh, oh we'll see you then. God. We love you. Bye, we love you. <laughs>